0: Hello, marhaba. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast by Shalhoub Group. My name is Lina al-Khatib and I'm the group head of communication at the group. And today's topic is actually very dear to my heart and also hopefully exciting for you as well. If you don't know the group, for over six decades, Shalhoub Group has been the leader of luxury in the Middle East. But how did the story really begin? It began with one man and one woman, both in the quest and obsession of the beautiful, of luxury, of brands like Christophe and creation of Tanagra, and many more brands that you have loved right now and you are used to in your day to day life. They are two entrepreneurs who have built an organization that is today fourteen thousand people. So the question of today, how do you do it? How do you govern a company that is really a startup? but grown so much to become a corporation that is not yet publicly listed either. So I have the pleasure today to have with me two colleagues and guests to this podcast who will answer these difficult questions. Jafwa Binotel, the chief of staff at Shell Group, and Dana Alhamrani, you're from Saudi Arabia, the fashion business development manager. Very exciting job, but that's not why you're here. You're here because you're also part of Next Committee, for Saudi Arabia. And we're, I'm not gonna tell what next is because that's what you're here to do. So thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having us, Lynn. We're really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So Geoffroy, I think, uh, you have a very easy, easy job <laughs> at our group, but it's really interesting when we were having discussions about governance, we're often asked, like, you know, you move to a family company from a multinational, how is it like, you know, is it like one person decides everything and um, and how is it run, especially at the size? So um, tell us a little bit more when it comes to
2: the governance, which is that
0: G part of the ESG that um, that we keep talking about.
2: Um, I was very excited when you proposed me first uh, to discuss about this topic during this podcast, because everyone is talking about ESG these days as part of the sustainability drive. And the, the, everyone understands the E, everyone understands the S, but the G is a bit more of a mystery. Um uh, And I do think that the G plays a key role in um, the sustainability of any organization. Because depending on the quality of your governance, you think long, long term or you think short term. You're centralized in one hand, one person, or you have check and balances, or you are collaborative. You're rigid or you're agile. You're... You know how to deal with crisis, with ethical issue, or you don't. You are only business focused or you can think broader, have a broader perspective, have a 360 view on what's going on out there. So I think the G is really key in your ability to, uh, to be sustainable as an organization. It's all the more important in a family business. Uh, And I I would see two differences between a family business and a traditional corporate. Publicly
0: listed or so on,
2: yeah. Uh, When it comes to governance. The first one is time. The second one is, uh, I would call it flexibility. Time, um, the relationship to time is very different into a publicly listed or traditional corporation because your shareholders if you're publicly listed, may change on a daily basis. Your CEO may change every three to five years. Uh, so there is a rotation that is much more frequent. When you're a family business, your shareholders are stable uh, and are here to stay and it creates a certain also um, stability, more stability into your organization. It comes with advantages and it comes with drawback as well. The advantages is that you may think longer term. You can invest on the long run. You don't have a quarterly report to issue to uh, convince the market that you are on the right track. You can invest more into your people. You can be more empathetic. Um, You can develop a bigger sense of belonging. But there are also risks and and drawbacks. Um, The first risk is a lack of check and balances. Decisions are taken are taken by one or small group of person. You may have an insider, outsider kind of structure into your teams. Uh, loyalty, politics may sometimes take over. And you may also lack uh, innovation and have a tendency to st- stagnate. So there are advantages and drawbacks. And, and I think it's very important to see how a group like Shaloub have tried to uh, I tap into the advantages of being a family business, uh, to think long term, to be uh, uh, forward looking, but at the same time I've tried to mitigate uh, and to put the risk under control to avoid certain negative tendency of being a family business when it comes to governance.
0: So uh, very interesting how you put things into this context because uh, the way you mentioned it's kind of the two extremes of the spectrum where historically corporations and publicly listed companies almost lacked that empathy and they were all about results, numbers, 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 and family businesses were all about family and uh, people within the the organization or the – actually not organization, within the family business – and now both of them are kind of trying to meet in the middle where corporations are putting people also first, a lot of focus on mental uh, well-being, on uh, working flexibility and so on. And family business are also trying to put a bit more organization into the financials and the results and how they operate and how they lead. So when I joined Shell who Group personally, I felt, you know, I was personally really very excited to come work with you and with Patrick on you know, honestly, Patrick Shalhoub is today, uh, the the heritage, the family is one of the big reasons why people join. But when you join, then you stay for different reasons because you feel, and I mean, my humble opinion, it's kind of the best of both worlds. So tell us a little more how you, with, within your scope, you do this kind of best of both worlds for Shalhoub Group specifically.
2: Um, so I think the first um, first thing is to try to Put some structure in the way we, um, we 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 build this governance not for the sake of just having structure and processes but really for the sake of having those checks and balances that we mentioned to be able to manage risks in a proper way to have different perspectives to have new blood to ignite innovation so that's how we have tried to think uh, our committees if you like uh, and our governance to to use a, a broader word uh, for instance the group has a group advisory board so i think it's very important that our leaders and our ceo to start with and the family are surrounded by by advisors that can bring who can bring a different perspective a uh, different way of doing things have a fresh look at our business and our strategy we used to have a strategy committee that has helped also shape especially our digital transformation in the past we have created a few years ago Uh, Shadow Committee, Shadow Comex, Shadow Executive Committee, like Next and Next KSE, are being part of, uh, as you mentioned, of Next KSE. And those are committees that can help or CEO or presidents to uh, have different perspective to 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 take the feedback of people who are closer to the market, closer to our people, closer to our employees, uh, in a non-political way, non-hierarchical way. Because it's also important. I mentioned that sometimes family business can have this kind of insider-outsider, loyalty-driven, political game. So it's very important that we put in place some structure to avoid that. that. And I think next, and next case. Is a perfect um, forum to address certain issues directly to our group CEO w- without the filter of the hierarchy. So that's one exactly. of the things we have done uh, to to uh, to like have the best of breed between uh, the he- more heavy governance of traditional corporate and the agility, if you like, of a family business.
0: Yeah, it brings objectivity and kind of this neutrality. But I think if we were to step back, the reason why, let's say, we talk about Next as a committee, um, when, uh, when we were developing the kind of the the group profile, the story, the story of the group, um, we were talking about our purpose and values, right? So we said, um, you know, our purpose to inspire, exhilarate, delight and the values are excellence and entrepreneurial spirit and of course, respect. So you see that, you know, the way when I discussed it with the family was like, so this is the DNA of our family, you know, but now we articulated it in a way that is the DNA of the organization. And you see that entrepreneurial spirit as well stays within the DNA. And no matter how big the company grows, that entrepreneurship stays and it stays in different way, be it through corporate innovation, be it through the greenhouse, how we incubate startups. So you see this as not just an add-on to to look cool, is for us to keep our essence and, and the value. So very interesting. But the other notion of Nexo, so just maybe to give a bit of context before we go to you, Dana. Um, our group is in mainly, mainly in the GCC. We do have an international presence. Uh, we have direct operations in India, in Egypt, investment presence in Sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America. And of course, through Christophe Brand, we have international presence. Our core markets are UAE and KSA, right? So part of this kind of servant leadership, this having this uh, objectivity and creating next committee uh, was the notion of servant leadership, right? So again, the, the family thought that, you know, we want the leaders to really keep that entrepreneurship. And the only way to keep it is to empower the young generation, the man, middle management to inspire and influence decisions for top management so next committee was created in a structural way not just feelings and emotions and let's be servant leaders in a fluffy way it's actually in the structure there is next so dana tell us more about next and then zoom in a bit on next ksa that you are part of
1: sure thank you lynn so i'm Fortunate enough to have joined Next uh, about six months ago, so I'm still
0: congratulations.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I'm a part of the new cohort, so I'm still learning. But uh, at the very beginning, what struck me the most about Next is that it's a group of thought leaders within the group uh, in different verticals and different departments that come together in a forum where they share and learn from each other. So. You know, they wouldn't necessarily work together within their departments, but through Next, they get to learn about, you know, their different experiences and uh, and work together to reach KPIs that ultimately benefit the group as a whole. Um, and so in a nutshell, uh, that's what Next is about. I'm fortunate to be a part of Next Saudi, which specifically focuses on initiatives that benefit Saudi. And as you know, Saudi is a main focus for the group moving forward. And so it's important to have a group of leaders within Saudi that can help support in the decision-making process and work towards goals uh, that ultimately benefit the group within that territory.
0: So tell us, how does it work? Like, how do you meet? How do you plan the agenda? How how does it look like?
1: So we meet on a monthly basis, and we have the group president present in each of the meetings. And we tackle specific topics that are pain points across different verticals. So one of those, as an example, is frontliner retention and making sure we have the best talents working for us within Uh, The group in Saudi specifically, as you know, with Saudization, uh, the landscape of frontliners has changed dramatically. And so we work together, whether it's in beauty, whether it's in fashion, to make sure that we have the best talents within the group in Saudi. And that's one of the main priorities uh, for Next KSA.
0: Of course, this is a priority for all of us. I mean, we launched the My Bold Future campaign specifically to uh, inspire young uh, Saudis to join retail. So frontliners, our brand consultants, basically who work in the stores, uh, just to, uh, to clarify what the notion is. But I think um, this makes it very interesting because you're not necessarily having these uh, people reporting into you. You're not their managers however you are understanding the business the, the heart of the business and you're making a
2: difference uh
0: through it uh, next has been i mean Geoffroy, how long has next been in the group uh, it has been created years. in
2: 2016 okay and it has now a quite relatively long and interesting history. it started very much as a think tank so it was uh initially a committee and the CEO, Patrick Chalou was not necessarily attending it at, at, the, at the very first time. It was like a, a think tank to bring new ideas, working largely on uh, policies and procedures, uh, group culture. And I think that's where the cultural transformation that we underwent in uh, 2018 has very much started. So it was a think tank. And then in 2018, um, we added a new layer in the mission of Next, which was uh, being a shadow executive committee. So to challenge and to bring a different perspective to the decision of the executive committee. So we tried to, um, to, to have, a, to mirror the agenda of the executive committee at that time and Next. So Next could give a, an opinion and a feedback to the executive committee member. And then, As a third step, we added a third layer, which was to be a catalyst for action. And uh, Dana mentioned it rightfully, um, driving force uh, behind key projects that were not necessarily mature to be plugged somewhere in the organization. So uh, as an incubator for new ideas, before we could uh, plug it or allocate it or assign it to a specific department or business unit. So it's now three three different missions that are very complementary uh, between each other and bring a lot of value, away, I believe.
1: And if and if I may add here, um, for example, with Next Saudi, we also try and really keep up with what's happening in the market. So in Saudi specifically, as you know, uh, the landscape is changing dramatically. Entertainment is booming. And so we think about that and how it applies to our business. And so another one of our priorities is partnering with the Saudi seasons and seeing how the group can complement what's happening in the country and how we can work together with specific government entities to ensure that our presence in Saudi grows, and that there's more visibility for the group. And then we add value to these uh, events that are happening in Saudi.
0: Exactly. I think uh, we're calling it retailtainment and it's growing a lot. It's also mixing retail and entertainment and the transformation happening is really very exciting. So if anyone hasn't yet visited, I really encourage them uh, uh, to visit. Thank you, Dana. Uh, Very insightful. And I think the beauty of this is that it can be from culture, like you were telling me, the dress code went from swiping in and out, super formal and a tie all the way to now we're flexible. You come as you are, but with respect respect. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But no, but this flexibility, this mindset, it came from next all the way to business decisions, as you said. So I think um, going back to sustainability, uh, we talk about environmental social governance. So we covered the aspect of how the board of presidents, the advisory board, how next is there. But also interestingly, also Geoffroy, from what you're um, leading is also the alumni relationship. Of course, historically, even everywhere, if you leave a group or you leave a company, it's like a marriage. You know, no, don't talk to me. You resigned. Uh, you know, it's like a divorce almost with a, with a nasty uh, lawsuit. But now it's more like you know, um, you go, you uh, you know, you're still a friend of of the company, of the group. We want to keep a relationship. You know, some traditional people might think, you know, how are we doing this? No, you know, they left us. They're traitors. So please tell me (laughs) a bit more about this mindset shift, if anything, before we talk just about alumni program. It's a mindset shift that has to do with also government's retention, leadership and people's growth. Tell me more.
2: Uh, I think it starts with the idea of family. Uh, Obviously, as a family business, our shareholders are a family. But they have always defined the group as an extended family. So we are all part of the family. We are not here as an employee to serve the family. We are part of the family. And I think it's extremely strong as an idea. And uh, that's why, as a family, we want to continue to maintain the relationship with our colleague, former colleague or existing colleague. And Aluna is very much a way to keep this uh, family spirit, uh, whether you're part of the employee or if you have been part of the family one day
0: exciting so the alumni program was created to keep this relationship so it
2: was created 3 years it has been created 3 years ago by uh, by the family by Pierre Swed who has played a key, a key role in uh, in building very strong foundation 3 years ago so now we are a bit moving to the alumni 2.0 if you like so uh, we with the ambition to bring it to the next level to animate the population <clears throat> even more with events also a strong presence on social media because a lot of things when it comes to connection now happens on social media online, so we need to keep this dimension on, on, uh, on board whilst keeping the human touch, uh, people want connection, they want human connection, they want emotion, so it's very important also to meet physically, but to walk on, on, on our two feet and our two legs to have the digital part to get the, the connection Figital, figital existence, hybrid existence. Uh, relationship. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, uh, it's uh, very interesting because we've, in our two podcasts ago, we had Marilena, she's a boomerang. So an alumni who came back to the group, yeah. but also some alumni are becoming uh, mentors or supporting with the learning and development or workshops. So I think the relationship is very um, mature in Creators, that sense and uh, they keeps can be this everything, uh, yeah. leadership and innovation and uh, creativity going. I think we can talk forever. Uh, thank you, Dana. I mean, tell me, if you want to add anything uh, before we close, because it is just a 20 minute and every podcast I keep saying that it's just 20 minutes goes (laughs) so fast. And we'd love to have-
1: I'll just share a, a personal story of when I was first hired, because for me, that was my introduction to the group. And I think it was an important one. Um, So when I first joined, you know, I was really excited. I was joining this big group. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I thought it was a, you know, a small fish in a big pond. And uh, I joined and probably a week within myself joining, um, my line manager told me that uh, they had set up a meeting between myself and Patrick Shalhoub because he wanted to meet me and and, uh, be introduced to me. And I was extremely shocked. (laughs) I didn't know that this was something that happens in big corporations. Uh, And slowly, as I got to know the group, I realized it's actually a special thing about the group that our president is so involved. I mean, I'm sure he's not doing interviews with every single uh, employee coming in, but I feel uh, very privileged to have had that one-on-one connection upon first joining, and it was a a really beautiful session of us kind of just getting to know each other on a human level. And so to me, that kind of brings back that family aspect, it felt like he was welcoming me to the Shalhoub family and uh, I hold that very dear to my heart until today obviously and it's something to keep in mind when thinking of a family business is there's still that human connection no matter how big the the company is and
0: we do have a coffee with uh, with the president uh, for new joiners uh, actually at the group and uh, they appreciate it a lot I, I know they've, they've told me especially my team members when they first joined um, and I think the beauty of it is cascading this with all the presidents and how they are doing it. And this becomes, again, the governance aspect. So how can the family DNA within all the leaders of the group be transcribed? Maybe this is another podcast topic. Thank you very much for joining me, Joffre, Tana. Thank Thank you you very much for watching and listening. As usual, share your feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear more of. And thanks again. Bye-bye.